0: Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackison here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackison podcast. Today, how CDC destroyed confidence in America's vaccine program. Today, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room a really tragic irony of public health officials trying to force a narrative that was many times contrary to facts, scientific information, or what was best for the public health. And it had the opposite of their intended effect. Polls show that trust and confidence in public health after COVID has virtually been destroyed. And this crisis and confidence crosses political boundaries. It's found among Democrats and Republicans alike, even among CDC's most ardent one-time supporters, as you'll see in my story on Full Measure, my TV program, this coming Sunday some of the biggest harm I think they did was in the area of vaccines. As many of you know, CDC has been under criticism for years because they act as chief marketers of vaccines, but are also responsible for monitoring adverse events from vaccines. And too often that's meant there's a cover-up because there are conflicts of interest there. This has been well explored over the years in news reports and congressional committees. It's long been recommended that those functions promoting vaccination, and monitoring for adverse events be separated at CDC, that safety monitoring be conducted by a separate independent branch, yet nobody has made that happen. So here we were during COVID with the sliding scale claims on vaccination, with CDC putting out false, confusing, and misleading information about them and other matters, and then they and their advocates claiming that those who had logical scientific questions or those pointing out the obvious issues, claiming all those people are anti-vaccine. They've been saying that for years in propaganda campaigns against scientists, reporters, against parents of autistic children, but deploying it now against so many other people who know they aren't anti-vaccine, well, that pierced confidence in the entire vaccine program in a bigger way than ever before. You know, one document still sticks out in my mind from my early days in being assigned to cover and understand vaccine safety issues at CBS News, and learning about the propaganda campaign coordinated by government and pharmaceutical interests with help from the media and politicians. I mean, this is so big, and when I first started to try to wrap my arms around it, I couldn't believe what I was learning. It took a lot of time for me to understand the links and the ties and how it all works. But an early document is a public health service official was emailing another health official about the links between vaccines and autism that were emerging and the internal debate within the health community on whether they should come forward and acknowledge it and address it, or would that destroy public trust in the vaccine program and lead to more harm, the return of vaccine-preventable diseases? This was the debate going on inside, and when I first started covering vaccine safety issues, public health officials would say those things to me, such as, If you report the truth about this or if you report claims about that, it could result in baby deaths. And when they first say things like that to you, and that tactic had not been deployed on me previously as a reporter, it does make you stop and think. You think to yourself, boy, I don't want to kill babies. And I think a lot of reporters kind of stop there. They buy into the argument that you shouldn't tell about controversies or claims or even facts because in the bigger picture, you should be convinced that it could kill babies because it would destroy public confidence in the vaccine program. But then I started thinking about it critically and logically. My job as a reporter wasn't to cover up facts on behalf of the government so that they wouldn't have to address difficult issues. It would be up to the public health officials that if the public had full information on vaccine safety, and if it hurt their confidence, it would be up to the public officials to gain that confidence back, to address the questions and the problems in a way that the vaccine program at large remained intact. And I decided it wasn't my job to skew the facts or censor information or to shade it a certain way in order to make people reach a certain conclusion or take a certain action or think a certain desired way. In any event, this document decades old from a public health service official. She argued that we, meaning the government, should come clean about these risks and safety issues with vaccines and autism. And she argued that, yes, there will be a blip in vaccine compliance, understandably, as parents would become fearful of what they were learning. But she argued it will not greatly impact disease or vaccine coverage in the long run because it will be a temporary blip, because parents, she said, will trust that we've admitted and are addressing the problem. And then she made the argument, if we don't do that, if we fail to acknowledge and address what is obvious to many, it will destroy trust in the vaccine program and have the very impact we're trying to avoid. Well, she lost the argument because public health officials and the agencies ended up deciding to pursue the latter course the one that decided not to address this head-on, to deny that there were these issues, to controversialize the scientists and others who brought them up. I don't think it's too strong of a word to say they covered up, based on the evidence that's come out over the years. And indeed, it has eroded trust and, I think, damaged the vaccine program at large. We'll apply all of that to covid When the government kept saying false things about the COVID vaccines or refused to address the obvious risks that were emerging in a timely fashion, it had the same impact on many, including those who probably never thought about or questioned vaccines before, but began thinking for the first time, if they're calling me anti-vaccine, if they're hiding these questions and putting out this misinformation, what have they been doing with other vaccines? The flu shot, childhood vaccines. I think public health officials and CDC have proven to be their own worst enemy. To this day, many of you may be unaware of some key facts, and I will literally synopsize just a handful among many hundreds for the sake of example. Number one, government health officials have acknowledged in vaccine injury court cases many times that vaccination resulted in a child's autism. The biggest case in which they attempted to cover up and have it sealed so that parents wouldn't know about it, but ultimately leaked out, is the case of Hannah Poling. We have paid billions of dollars in damages for vaccine injuries and deaths under a government program. And I say we because the pharmaceutical industry arrived at a deal with Congress years ago, prior to all the vaccine autism cases getting to the court stage. Vaccine companies now have immunity from damages and any damages or money that are paid to victims are paid by us. With a tax on each dose of vaccine that we get, it goes into a trust fund that pays for the injuries. Number two, another fact, the government's top witness in vaccine autism cases when they were going through court, a world-renowned pediatric neurologist named Dr. Andrew Zimmerman years ago changed his opinion and said vaccines can cause autism after all in susceptible children. Not long ago, he signed an affidavit saying that when he told the government lawyers this fact, the government lawyers are fighting the vaccine victims in court, the vaccine autism victims, he said their expert witness that they fired him as an expert witness when he told this information to them. And then he says they misrepresented his opinions in court as they continue to fight families of vaccine-injured autistic children. That's a crime and a scandal, but the government chose not to pursue these allegations or this signed affidavit from Andrew Zimmerman. Yet another case of the government being accused of a crime, but the government also in charge of deciding whether to prosecute it, doesn't work out too well. Number three, a current sitting CDC senior scientist, William Thompson, a few years back got a lawyer and told Congress under oath that he and his colleagues at CDC covered up vaccine-autism links, especially among Black boys, in CDC studies, and that they literally convened and threw data in the trash to cover it up. What happened when Dr. Thompson brought forth these allegations? Nothing. Congress is so controlled by pharmaceutical interests, Democrat and Republican members alike have told me on camera, they can't get fair hearings or inquiries on the topic. All of these stories, by the way, in the citations and the documents and the affidavits, are on my page at CherylAtkinson.com if you look under health, medical, and vaccines. My fourth example that I'll highlight here briefly, the chief immunology official for CDC, Dr. Frank DiStefano admitted to me in a recorded interview that even he knows vaccines may cause autism in susceptible children and that that should be studied further, he said, but of course, CDC refuses to do that. So with just those few examples I highlighted, Think of how all of that contrasts with what is written today on the CDC website. It says, here's a quote, vaccines do not cause autism. Some people have had concerns that autism spectrum disorders might be linked to the vaccines children receive, but studies have shown there is no link between receiving vaccines and developing autism spectrum disorders. It leaves all of the truth out that I just told you, the documented facts, the expert witnesses the hundreds of scientific studies that do link various vaccines to various autism spectrum disorders, as well as a host of immune-related disorders, as well as an entire range of neurological disorders from ADD to tics and stuttering, language and speech delays. None of this disclosed on the CDC website. After a short break, Republican leader Steve Scalise on what Congress may do to hold CDC accountable if Republicans take control of Congress soon. All year round, there are challenges to keeping your skin healthy. Salt, sun, chlorine, cold, and wind. That's why I designed Sirenae Cosmetics, a line of skin-loving, handmade products that will keep your skin glowing year-round. I'm Star, owner of Lemonade Mermaid at store.lemonademermaid.life. I worked hard to formulate fresh, vegan body butters, lotions, scrubs, lip glosses, and more with ingredients that are good for your skin year-round. But don't take my word for it. Check out our reviews. My website is store.lemonademermaid.life. And listeners of this podcast can get 20% off my Mermaid Moon Gloss to Balm Lip Gloss by using the checkout code podcast. I hope to see you at store.lemonademermaid.life. And now, Republican Congressional Leader Steve Scalise.
1: We've had a lot of questions and concerns about the CDC and the FDA, their parent organization. It was literally a rudderless ship the first year under Joe Biden. And, you know, if you look, we've been trying to get hearings here in Congress on a number of questions, you know, from was the, the, you know, the virus COVID-19 started in the Wuhan lab. Uh, A lot of experts think it was, you know, was the American government and the taxpayer involved through CDC with gain-of-function research. A lot of serious questions raised there. Uh, They don't want to have hearings on any of that. You know, why did they drop the ball on therapeutics? Uh, Why weren't there more studies being done early off on the effect on children of school closures? I mean, look, we've lost a generation, millions of kids that will never get that time back where the union bosses colluded with the Biden White House to shut schools down And yet the kids that were learning in the classroom weren't having any different increases in COVID, but you saw suicides through the roof from kids that weren't allowed to go back to school. And yet those health outcomes weren't studied at the same level. And we pushed for that early off. So those are things that, you know, it seemed like the CDC really wasn't focused on the right things and getting the data and the science right where it really mattered.
0: We like to think of CDC as having the top public health experts in the world. And billions upon billions of taxpayer dollars have been spent over the years on pandemic preparedness for that moment when it happened. And yet it seems as though when it did happen, we were starting from scratch, from a funding perspective and from a science perspective.
1: Yeah, you know, and CDC guidance had come out at one point, it was going to come out and show that you can open schools up. And then you saw we had uncovered some emails between the Biden White House and the union bosses. And they said, well, we don't want this to come out this way. We want to change it. And Biden changed the science to politicize it, to allow the unions to shut schools down. And CDC let that happen. So there, there's been a lot of these kind of questions uh, where it didn't seem like they were focused on the right things and they were playing politics. After you know Joe Biden ran, saying he was going to uh, make sure that the science was followed, they've ignored science on so many fronts. And it's hurt families. It's hurt millions of kids. And, and it's kept a lot of states closed down in ways where they shouldn't have been. Because you see the states that opened, the states that followed the science and opened up, not only saved lives, but saved their economies. And the, the states that shut down, uh, you saw the devastating consequences, both to kids uh, with mental illness, with, with not, inability to learn at the same level, but also you saw uh, people's livelihoods be ruined too.
0: CDC is such an important agency from an advisory perspective, but also, as we've seen, from a control perspective. What's your assessment of what's happened to this agency's credibility during the COVID crisis?
1: Well, I think they've got a lot of work to do to restore the damage that was done to their credibility by allowing uh, themselves to get politicized. And, you know, when people started figuring out and getting data in other ways, they started uh, looking at their own state's data and they were realizing, okay, Covid affects certain people a certain way, but young kids weren't one of the you know the areas that were the most at risk. And in fact, when people were out living their lives and you know taking precautions, but allowed to live their lives, they were doing a lot better. And yet, some people in the government still wanted to use this as a means of controlling people, and it really became a fight between those who wanted government to control your lives versus those who wanted people to be able to enjoy their freedoms and. Again, I I go back to states that did it right. The states where the governors embraced freedom over government control did a lot better than the states that tried to shut everything down and control people's lives.
0: How can this credibility gap that's developed be fixed? And is there anything that members of Congress, particularly if Republicans uh, regain control in November, is there anything that can be done about it?
1: Well, I think the scrutiny of oversight is very important. And unfortunately, it's been lacking. You're seeing Speaker Pelosi try to cover up for the failures that we've seen at the CDC, uh, to try to cover up for so many of the problems and missteps that the Biden administration had on COVID. And again, Joe Biden ran on COVID, blamed everything on Donald Trump, and yet he came in and Donald Trump had created not one, not two, but three different vaccines and an economy ready to turn around. And there were more deaths from COVID under Joe Biden than under President Trump. And we've seen no scrutiny on the CDC. Why weren't they focused on therapeutics? And giving people alternatives so that they could stay out of the hospital so that they could get on with their lives you know even basic things like cdc guidance on masks and airplanes it took a federal lawsuit that took over a year through the courts but finally the court said you can't do this anymore you can't make people wear masks on an airplane people had figured it out already but you had the cdc still kind of using their own version of science to say you have to wear the mask and let people make that choice. And when the results came out, guess what we saw? We saw freedom, more people are happy uh, and willing to fly on airplanes, but you don't see any increases in COVID spreading on airplanes, even though most people aren't wearing masks on airplanes. And again, if CDC was following the science, they would have put that guidance out longer, but I think they got pressure from the Biden administration because they wanted to control people's lives to force you to still wear a mask on a plane when the science said you don't need to do it. And look at the results since the court finally said, CDC, you're wrong. You can't force people to do this.
0: What is your advice to people who are saying, what are we to do if the agency we're relying on, separate from COVID, but with other health crises, we don't quite believe or know what to make of what they tell us?
1: Yeah, and this is an area where I think we need to keep pushing for more scrutiny, get more of the facts out. And if they're bad apples, let's get that exposed early off because we've got to restore trust. In these agencies, you know, they used to play a really important role in coming up with ideas and and ways for people to protect and keep themselves safe and let people make the choice. And I think that's really where they crossed the line in the last few years is CDC was used as a tool by big government socialists who just wanted to use government to control your life. And if they could manipulate the science to give them more power over people, they used it and they abused that authority. I think we need to expose that. And if we're in the majority, we will have hearings to get those facts out, but then go and restore the credibility of those agencies by taking away that power to just unilaterally control people's lives and get back to the science, what used to be their main focus. That got thrown out the window when people politicized it because they wanted to use government to control people.
0: Is there an argument to be made that CDC has a lot of good in it and that there are small fixes that can be made that are important enough We don't have to blow up the whole agencies and recreate them?
1: Well, look, I know there's some people over there that that mean well and that that are trying to do the right thing. We got some people that got us some information early off. You know, you can call them whistleblowers, people that helped us at least ask the right questions and find out some of the facts. But there's still people over there trying to cover this up that won't get all of the data out to the public that people should have access to. And so, you know, we're going to push to get those kind of answers. And hopefully it is just a small group. But. Uh, we're going to have that that sunshine, the disinfectant of transparency in the majority where we get to answer those questions. And, you know, and I think people are going to see who, who are the ones that abuse their positions of power uh, to try to adversely affect people's lives.
0: My last question, and then you can add anything if you want to. How soon could we expect hearings assuming Republicans take the majority in November?
1: Well, we're going to be ready to go day one. We've already been working with all of our members on an agenda. We're going to roll it out this summer called the Commitment to America. It will be a com- Contract with America-type document where we're going to lay out bold, conservative ideas for how to solve the problems the country's facing on every front. You know, Clearly, inflation, gas prices, border security are front and center. Uh, but parental involvement in kids' education is critical. We should be talking about school choice. We're going to be talking about safety in the streets because a lot of these people have moved to defund the police and are now you look at a lot of communities where they're not even putting criminals in jail. It's a de facto defund the police. We need to confront that, too. And I think there's a lot of national interest behind all of those issues coming to the forefront. And we're going to have hearings early off as well, because there's a long list of hearings from our oversight committee to the committees of jurisdiction that want to bring people in. I mean, what about the origins of covid? why haven't they had a hearing on that uh so many other questions that need to be answered just on the health side let alone when you get into issues like border security how many people have come into our country illegally where have they been sent the administration won't tell anybody i mean they won't even tell governors how many people are sending to their states and yet they show up by dark of night and all coming in on airplanes and buses and that's the first time you as a, as a governor might find out that biden's sending these people to your state Uh, That's not how it's supposed to be. We're going to have real transparency and get answers to these questions.
0: Okay. Anything else you want to talk about today or add to what we've talked about?
1: I think people are hungry for getting to the bottom of the the truth, uh, getting back to just the basic freedoms that this country was founded upon. And you know, for anybody that might have taken that for granted before COVID, I think now they realize more than ever how important it is to have the right leaders in place. Because if you happen to be in a state that their governor embraced freedom you got to live a much more fruitful life during that horrible period than if you were in a state where the governor believed in shutting everything down and controlling your life and by the way during that last two years of COVID, a lot of people moved from those shutdown states to the states that embraced freedom you can see it whether it's a million people who left new york to go to florida whether it's probably over a million people that left california to go to texas look at where people were leaving it was mostly far left, socialist run, shutdown states, and they moved to states uh, that conservative leaders embraced freedom and gave people the scientific tools, but let people live their life. Because, you know, trust people, they'll do the right thing, but empower them and, and don't take away their freedoms.
0: I hope you will watch my November 6th episode of Full Measure for more on this topic. You can get a list of stations and times by going to CherylAggison.com and clicking the Full Measure tab. There are also instructions on other ways to watch online and on our app. And if you're really interested in this topic, there's more on my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to cherylackison.com and click the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of cool products. A lot of them make great gifts that feature catchphrases like, I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Cheryl Ackison Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to cherylackison.com and click the store tab. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and that if so, you'll leave a great review, subscribe to it, and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism by visiting CherylAckison.com and clicking the store tab. There are some thought provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you, with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind. Think for yourself.